It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, media member, and founder of BricktownBuckets.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunderpod. Email the show, L-O Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405 405-362-7128. 405-362-7128. On today's show, brought to you by Blue Nile, we will dive into our Thunder season preview. The Thunder have officially announced their final roster heading into the season opener. We're also going to do the over-unders, the award odds for each player, the top five reasons to watch this team this season, the top five burning questions around this season, the top five games to watch in the first half of this season, and our Oklahoma City Thunder superlatives. This is Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. And let's start with the roster, because we knew yesterday that the Thunder had to make one more move before that 10 p.m. deadline, and they took it as close to the deadline as they could, but they announced that they had released Frank Jackson. So he was the final cut, along with, of course, Admiral Schofield and TJ Leaf from Friday. Surprising, for sure, especially given the fact that he had such a good preseason, but at the end of the day... You get rid of Admiral, you get rid of Admiral Schofield and TJ Leaf, but you also get rid of Frank Jackson, who had a really good preseason, was a really good score for you off the bench. But really, if you look at this big picture here, who would you rather give minutes to? And at that guard position, Frank Jackson was in a bit of a hole. I mean, you do have Shea, you have Dort, you have George Hill, you have Hamadou Diallo. Those are guys that this organization really like. And then you get into Tao Maldon, who had an amazing preseason in his own right. You get into uh, Ty Jerome, who has not yet even 
uh, gotten to play for Oklahoma City and did not practice on Monday, but he is still an option that the team likes. I mean, he's the only guy remaining from the Chris Paul trade. And as those guards quickly add up and the players you want to see above him quickly add up, it just became too much of a, of a numbers crunch. Because while in a vacuum, I think Frank Jackson is a better player than Kendrick Williams. I think in a vacuum, Frank Jackson is a better player than Isaiah Roby. Those other guys, Roby, Williams, they're going to have opportunity to play. Heck, I think that Frank Jackson is better than Justin Jackson. But those guys on the wing are going to have opportunities to play. Whereas with Frank Jackson, it is hard to find a role for him. He's an inefficient scorer. He could be a microwave option for you off the bench. Maybe he's shown enough whenever you mix in the bubble and this preseason to a team to take a flyer on him, you know, in this next couple of weeks here as he's waived. I think it was absolutely surprising. I did not expect this to happen, but I understand it. And there's also not a lot to get too hot and bothered with regarding the release of Frank Jackson. But we'll always have those three good preseason games. They cannot take those away from us. So let's go through the Thunder roster. Who's on this team come opening night? Who is going to be in Houston on the 23rd? And if you've stuck with this show daily, ever since I took over in May and, and, and since this offseason, I appreciate you a ton. And this is all going to be kind of old news to you because you've been hearing these updates every single day. But if you're just tuning back in because the season starts on the 23rd and you're interested to see who's on this team, it looks a lot different than it did this time last year. Well, number one, Trevor Ariza is technically on the team, but he's not going to report to the team. So he's taking up a spot on the 17-man roster, but he is not going to be playing. So Trevor Ariza, number one. Uh, number two, Darius Baisley. You all know him. You all love him. Number three, Moses Brown. He's a two-way player who went to UCLA and comes over from Portland, where he was a two-way player over there as well last year. He's a big man. Uh, I don't think he provides much upside, but hey, might as well have a two-way guy. Who cares? Number four, Hemdu Diallo. You all love him or hate him. Most of you seem to hate him for some reason, but we'll get to that later on. Number five, Lou Dort, a cult hero in Oklahoma City. Number six, Shea. We all know Shea. Number seven is Josh Hall, a two-way prospect who is a rookie this season, who was a five-star recruit on his way to North Carolina State before he elected to forego college and enter the NBA draft, and that's where he went undrafted this year, and Oklahoma City signs him to a two-way contract. This could be another Lou Dort story. This could be another, wow, you just got a contributing player for nothing after the draft. Number eight, George Hill. He comes over from that massive Steven Adams trade from the Bucks to the Pelicans to the Thunder, the three-way deal that got George Hill here. Uh, Al Horford, number nine. He comes over in the Danny Green, Terrence Ferguson trade from Philadelphia. Number 10, Justin Jackson, obviously from Dallas in that Detroit trade. Ty Jerome, number 11 from the Chris Paul trade from Phoenix. Tail Maldon, your second-round pick, number 12. Number 13, Darius Miller. Comes over from the Stephen Adams trade from New Orleans. Number 14, Mike Muscala. Number 15, Alexei Pokashevsky. Pokashevsky, your first-round pick this year, who the Thunder have loved for over a year now. He's coming over the seven-foot guard. Number 16, Isaiah Roby. And number 17, Kendrick Williams. Now, I will say that with Williams, I'm surprised that he was not the release because of the money factor. It's easy to move off of Kendrick Williams, but it's also easy to move off of Frank Jackson, who was given only a partially guaranteed contract. With Isaiah Roby, I'm not surprised he made the club. A lot of people were but I've been saying all along that this team has really liked Isaiah Roby for over a year, and they've rehabbed with him, they've worked with him, they were not going to give up on him just yet, and they did not. So that's your roster for Tuesday. 
we're not sure of the activity of Ty Jerome because, again, Mark told us in the media today that he did not practice on Monday. So we're not sure if that means he's out for, for the Rockets or not. We do know that Trevor Reza has still not reported to the team, so he's obviously not going to play this week. But other than that, it sounds promising that everyone will be made available. So now you know the team, and let's talk about the season preview. Well, the over-under right now from our good friends over at betonline.ag, use promo code LOCKEDON when you're signing up for an account over there, the over-under is set at 22.5 wins. That is tied with the New York Knicks for the lowest over-under. To be quite honest with you, I'm taking the over here if I had to bet on the over-under, but not by much. And I think that this is the right spot to have them. I think that they're going to be a really bad team in the sense of win-losses. I don't think that this team will be competitive in that category, but the way that they get to those losses, I think will be more competitive than most people think. So Shea Gilgis Alexander has the odds on favorite from betonline.ag to win most improved player plus 800. That's a really good bet. Anytime that you're betting on these things, obviously it's, it's easier to take the field than just one player, but Shea is, I think, a lock for this award if he has the jump in production that I and many people do think I'll have. I think that he's going to go from a 19-point-per-game score to a 23, 24, 25-point-per-game score. I think that he's going to go to 25 points myself, uh, but anywhere in that ballpark, I think, would get the job done because I still think he'll do so on good efficiency. He's also going to improve his assist numbers. He could even improve his rebound numbers with the style of play that Mark wants this team to run. So I am impressed with Shea's ability so far, and I think that he can win this award, and obviously Vegas agrees with that. Now here's where it gets fun and funky. Let me throw at you some Rookie of the Year odds for Teo Maldon. He is plus... 6,000 to win Rookie of the Year. Now, if you think back to the episode we had a week ago, my five bold predictions, one of my bold predictions was that Teo Maldon would receive a Rookie of the Year vote. But if you think that he can go off and win this award, that is a pretty good line to put $100 on the line for the chance at $6,000. I mean... It's up to you. It's your money. But that, that is hilarious to me. Alexei Pukashevsky has a bit higher odds to win Rookie of the Year at plus 4,000. I would not bet either of these guys to win it. I do not think that they're even going to come close to winning it, uh, mostly because I don't see a pathway for them to start. Uh, and so without starting and playing starting minutes, it's hard to win that award, and it's really impossible to win that award. But still, those are your odds for, for Rookie of the Year. Now, here's a long shot for the Thunder betting-wise, that I think that it could pay off. And that's George Hill. George Hill's sixth man of the year odds are plus 8,000. Again, he's a long shot. But think about this. George Hill is a reliable point guard that can come off the bench, and he's equipped to come off the bench. He is mentally prepared to come off the bench, and he has no gripes about it. So I think that with this Thunder team, while he might start, there's also a chance that he comes off the bench later on. And if he starts to come off the bench for this team, then that really plays in to this sixth man of the year award. Here's what I'm thinking. He is a sharp shooter. He's a steady hand at the point guard position. He can lead your second unit. And at the trade deadline, whenever you trade George Hill, you're not going to trade him to go be a starter. You're going to trade him to go be a sixth man on a contending team. And so if he's off to a good start shooting-wise with the Oklahoma City Thunder, then he can carry that over to, say, the Dallas Mavericks. Then, 
he's starting to gain some traction here. It's a long shot for sure. That's why he's plus 8,000. But that is a long shot that I would put a little bit of money on just in case he just goes berserk. But what's going to hurt him is I do think he starts on Wednesday, and I think that he's a starter for as long as he's in Oklahoma City. And therefore, it's hard to win that six-man of the year award from March to May. And that's really hard to do. You'd have to be just electric once you get dealt to a contending team. And then the last bit of odds before we move into the, the top five things to watch for this season, the top five games, the superlatives, and all that fun stuff. The last piece of odd news is that the Thunder odds to win the division are dead last plus 15,000. Now, stay away from that line, obviously. The Thunder are not going to win this division. But that's going to put into perspective for you the kind of season that we are anticipating in Oklahoma City. Coming up, we're going to get to the top five things to watch for this season, my top five favorite games, my top five burning questions, and the Oklahoma City Thunder superlatives. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Are you ready for some football? College football heads in the bowl season with some big matchups this weekend. The NFL regular season is finishing up, and the playoff picture has never been clearer. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free online account at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. That's a huge bonus. You can also bet on all of the Christmas Day games. And even today, if you want to head over there right this minute, you can bet on today's season opening games. The Golden State Warriors taking on the Brooklyn Nets. Right now, the Nets are 7.5 point favorites in their first ever game together with Katie and Kyrie in the regular season. Draymond Green is out for the Warriors. You're going to want to check out that line right now because I think it will continue to balloon as the day goes on. But the nightcap with the Clippers... Plus three in the Staples Center taking on the Lakers. I like Clippers plus three there. I think they're going to win outright. I would take them even on the money line at plus 125. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON and receive a 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partners at betonline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use our promo code LOCKEDON when you sign up for your sign-up bonus. Hashtag betonline. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, and when this podcast is over, head on over to Locked On Bets. Betting on the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get your daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked on Bets podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Brought to you by betonline.ag. This is Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder, and I want to get into the top five reasons you should watch this season. I just gave you the over-unders. I gave you the odds to win the division. And right now, 
you might be thinking, well, what's the point? And there's many reasons for that. Number one, this team in all projections on the athletic, on betonline.ag, on all these publications, the projections are that this team will not be really good. So that's one factor going against you. The second factor is, as of right now, you cannot go to games. The third factor is, unless you have AT&T now, or DirecTV, or if you live outside of the local Oklahoma City market and you have League Pass, you simply cannot even watch these games on television because of contract disputes between Fox Sports Oklahoma and your TV provider. And the fact that the Thunder have no national TV games. But if you're one of the lucky ones who get to watch games this year, what are the top five reasons why you should still be invested in this team that is hurling themselves towards a rebuild? The number one thing is Shea's development. Now look, I know that you would prefer to watch winning basketball. I know that you would prefer it whenever every game matters. And we've been living and dying by every game. Think about this, folks. We've been living and dying by every single Thunder game since 2009. The only year where you could look at a team and say, this is going to be a terrible Thunder team, was 2008. What happened in 2008? That was their first ever year here, so we were just happy to have a basketball team. So we still watched every game of that season. This is the first time that the Thunder have put a product on the floor that is not going to have you salivating at the mouth and wanting them to push for a championship. This is not that this is going to be the first time that you're not going to have to care if they lose a random game in Orlando on a Tuesday night. I mean, think about that Orlando game that they lost in the OK3 season with Russ just sitting on the bench, just so defeated. You're not going to have that feeling for a couple of years here. It'll be different. Again, we've been doing the same thing year after year after year, which is investing ourselves into these wins and losses. That's not the case this year. You've got to invest yourself in a storylines. And the top priority to me is Shea's development. Because you have to figure out a lot of things with Shea. The first thing you have to figure out with Shea is can he be the guy? Now, I think that in, in all honesty, Shea cannot be your number one, right? Shea cannot be the best player on a championship team. But I think that there's still a ton of reasons to believe that he can be your number two guy on a championship team, but he's got to show it this year. He's got to show it. And you've got to figure out what timeline is Shea on. Now, a lot of this timeline discussion will have to do with your drafts coming up. Like if you miss your draft pick in this upcoming class, you've now really hurt yourself in Shea's timeline because now you've thrown yourself so far off path that the two may never cross over again, where you might not be in Shea's timeline and you might need to move on from Shea if you miss on this draft pick coming up. That puts a lot of pressure on Sam Presti to nail this pick. It puts a lot of pressure on those ping pong balls to bounce Oklahoma City's way. But beyond all that, you have to watch Shea's development this season because you need to know what he is. Can he be that number two guy? Or is he more of a three? Is he more of a four? What is Shea? And he will have every opportunity, through the good and the bad, to prove himself at this level. So that's number one. That's why you should stay invested. Number two, is Darius Baisley a contributor or is he a legitimate building block? 
And some people might think that I'm too far out on the ledge here by saying that I think he's already proven to be an NBA contributor. But I think that with what we've seen on the floor, this last rookie season and then the preseason so far, I think what we've seen on the floor is someone who can be a solid NBA player in some capacity, no matter if that is a starter or if that is a bench player or if that's something more. But he's going to be a contributor, in my opinion. But can he take another step and be a true building block for you? Once again, with Baisley, it's a lot like Shea. I don't think that Baisley can ever be your number one option. If he's ever your number one option, you do not have a very good team. But I think that Baisley can be that number three guy or number four guy, but can he prove it? Or will we end up seeing that his role is best fit with limited focus on him and with him just being a contributor? Number three is Poku and Teo Maldon. Are they legit? Do we see flashes of them being legit? And I throw Teo Maldon in there, not just due to the overreaction of his preseason, but because here's a guy that a ton of people and a ton of respected people set as a first-round talent. So you really have two players on this roster who two months ago before the draft had first-round talent written all over them. Do either of them or both of them or none of them flash that talent at you this season? Because once again, they're going to have a ton of opportunity. And you've got to see something, I think, from Poku and Maldon this year. Number four, can Al Horford play himself into being worth a first-round pick? I think he can. I think that Al Horford in the system is going to thrive. And if you've listened to the show every day, you know that. And you're probably sick inside of hearing me say that. But I think that Al Horford will be amazing on this team. So I'm going to go ahead and say yes. But it's something to follow the entire way. The number five reason to continue to watch this team is something I don't think a lot of people have talked about, but we will talk about it after the break. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a phenomenal protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, folks. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get 20% off your next order. They have six brand new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Get yourself Built Bars today covered in 100% chocolate on the outside. Soft and easy to chew. These Built Bars are great for the health-conscious person to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on, 20% off your next order. My favorite has to be the cookies and cream option. It is just delightful, but I also like banana nut bread. So head on over uh, to BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on, 20% off your next order. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to tell you right now to head on over to Locked On NBA. That's right. Make sure to check out Locked On NBA podcast feed today where you will find season preview episodes for every single division with team breakdowns from our local experts, including myself, breaking down the Oklahoma City Thunder, waiver wire additions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, rookies to watch from Chad Ford, predictions on each division from rejecting the screen, subscribe to Locked On NBA 
wherever you get your podcast from. Now I want to talk about the number five reason you should watch this team. And it's a storyline I don't hear a lot about right now. But Mark Dignott is heading into his rookie season as a coach. He's a first-year NBA coach. And this is also going to be the first time that this culture is put to the test. Right? I'm not saying the Thunder have had an easy path to get here. Right? I mean, you go through the Thunder U era, Harden, Westbrook, Durant. You trade Harden. You lose Durant. Right? You get Paul George. You lose Paul George. You trade Russ. You're still good somehow last year. They've been through a lot. But this is the first time that that culture has been tested. This is the first time where you look at this roster and collectively you think to yourself, yikes. I mean, yikes. Even last year, think about it, folks. Even last year, you didn't look at that roster and automatically assume tanking. You looked at that roster and assumed, okay, well, this is a good team right now, but they're going to trade all these guys by the deadline. They're going to trade all these guys by Christmas to where they would eventually not be good. But right now, at the start of the season, they're good. This is the first time where you've put a coach and you've put a team in a situation where they're expected to lose. They're going to lose. They don't have the expectation of winning. And Mark Dagnon is put in a position where he has to not only control a locker room as a first-year coach, but he has to control young players and veteran players who have never really been put in the spot before. This is the first time for everyone in Oklahoma City where you have a product on the floor, you have a roster that is not up to par. Every other year, your roster has been on par. How does Mark control this locker room for a full season? I think he's going to do very well. I think he's honestly going to be... Now, if you're ready for a hot take, sit down right now. I think Mark Dagnott is going to be the best coach in Oklahoma City Thunder history. With what we've seen from his offensive schemes, even in the preseason... Even in its most vanilla and based form, what we've seen has already been the most functional offense we've ever seen in Bricktown. And this is a place that had once housed Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden. I'm talking schematically, it is the best we've ever seen. And when you hear the players talk about him, it sounds like they genuinely mean it when they say he's a player's coach, he cares about us, he he cares about who we are as a person, and then a basketball player. You mix all that together, and I think he'll have no problem controlling a locker room. But it's worth noting that this is the first time that your culture is put to the test. It's easy to have a good culture and good morale when every single day the focus is on winning a basketball game. But now that the focus is on, okay, Shay, how do you develop? Okay, Baisley, how do you take your next step? How do your veterans react to that? How do your young players react to that? And what is this new culture going to bring? How do you treat Shea day in and day out? Do you treat him like you did Russell Westbrook? Do you treat him like the Rockets are treating James Harden throughout his whole career? Do you treat him the way that Pat Riley has treated his stars for so long in Miami? What do you do? What is this culture going to become? And seeing how Mark controls a losing locker room will be a challenge for him in and of itself. And it'll be yet another test for him to overcome in his first ever year coaching. But again, I think that Mark is going to be the best coach this organization has ever had. It's a bit of a hot take, but if you think about it, it's not really that hot because they've only had P.J. Carlissimo, Scott Brooks, 
and Billy Donovan. But still, this is going out on a limb a little bit because we have not even seen him play, or coach, I should say, an actual NBA game. But just stylistically and from the coach and from the coach player relationship standpoint, I think he'll end up being the best coach Oklahoma City's ever seen. The big part in that is, though, we won't get to judge him for a long time. You know, these coaches do not make their reputation around the NBA until they're in a playoff series, until they're adjusting to playoff series, until they're winning playoff series, until they're making their runs in that format. But you should monitor how this locker room reacts from game one to game 72. And I think it'll be very well. I think they have a lot of guys with good head on their shoulders. They have a good culture and they have a good coach, but still keep an eye out for it. So let's talk about my top five favorite games of the first half because we don't have the full schedule. Let's just do the first half. Number one, Steven Adams returning to, to Oklahoma City on New Year's Eve. It'll be special. It'll be heartwarming. It'll be fun. That's number one with a bullet. Number two, I have the season opener. You have Dort going up against James Harden and you're playing a very special, which we'll talk about more tomorrow in the, in the Rockets preview, but you're playing a very special no lose tank game, right? You want to tank this year if you're the Thunder, by all accounts, and that, that's why all the projections, I should say, around this team is that they're tanking. If that's the case, and if this team is going to want to lose games, this is the rare game against Houston where if you lose, it feels like you won, and if you won, it feels like you won. Because if you beat Houston, that still improves one of your draft picks. And if you lose to Houston, that still improves one of your draft picks. So that'll be a fun matchup. And then, of course, you have the Lou Dort-James Harden situation. Number three, the home opener against Utah on the 28th of December. For me, I just think it'll be special to see Utah coming to town and being the first team to play a regular season game in Chesapeake Energy Arena after what happened in March. Number four, the Knicks on January 8th. Obviously, this is Tank Central, supposed to be the two worst teams in the NBA. The the loser of this game could honestly position themselves to be the worst team in the NBA. But again, with the, with the lottery odds and the way that they've shifted over the years, it doesn't really matter as long as you finish in that 14% slot. It doesn't matter which one you finish in. But still, it's a little funny game to watch for the number four. Number five is all the games against the Spurs. I think that the Spurs are going to be some of your uh, worst or best, whichever you want to look at this, worst or best competition for the Thunder. Because I just do not think that the Spurs team is very good at all. I don't. And so your games against them could really decide 15-14 in the West or 13-14-15 if you want to throw the Kings in there as well. But that's my top five games to watch. Let's move into the top five burning questions around this season. The first one is, of course, how many players are going to be traded by this team at the deadline? Who will not still be here as the deadline comes and goes on March 25th? My predictions are, number one, of course, George Hill. George Hill is going to be so valuable for a contending team. He's out of here. Number two is Trevor Ariza. I think Trevor Ariza is the Andre Iguodala of this year. He will not play for the Thunder. No one knows if he's ever going to come back again. But all of a sudden, at the deadline, a contending team swoops in and picks him up. And then number three, the final player traded at the deadline for me is Darius Miller. I think that Darius Miller will show he's good enough and show he can still stretch the floor and play some semblance of a role on a team that is good but lacking depth and he'll get you back a second round pick and a matching salary and he'll be on his way to his new contending team. Number two, are the Thunder going to be the worst team in the NBA? My answer to this is no. 
And I say that because, number one, I think that the Knicks are going to be the worst team in the NBA. And number two, because as I've preached before, if this Thunder team is going to play in as many tight contests as I think that they will, because again, while this roster might not be good enough on paper, these players night in and night out are going to try their hearts out. And if they're doing that, then on paper, they're still good enough to keep games close. And when games are close, the ball can bounce your way unexpectedly. So I think that the Knicks will have the worst record, but the Thunder will finish last place in the Western Conference. And again, after the deadline, you're going to be missing Ariza, you're going to be missing uh, George Hill, you're going to be missing Darius Miller, you're probably going to be load managing like heck with Al Horford. And so this team will look completely different after the deadline. Number three, what is the percentage chance Oklahoma City will make the postseason? You can't say zero, so I'm going to say 1%. And here's why I say 1%. This team, if they truly want to win basketball games, and they want to shorten their rotation, and they want to truly gun for this thing, they have a good enough team to be right there for the 10th seed. And then from there, it's just, can you win close games? Can you, can you steal a couple games you shouldn't steal? How do injuries impact your schedule? How does COVID impact your schedule? How does load management impact your schedule? Because again, the Thunder have this weird benefit to where with the NBA not cracking down on load management for non-national TV games, the Thunder play zero national TV games. So teams might exploit that and, and load manage a lot of times against Oklahoma City. So all those factors, if it all breaks right for Oklahoma City, they could be in the top 10 of the West. They just could. Now, it's not likely but there's a 1% chance that if everything went their way, they could be some form of a playoff team. Number four, I have who takes the biggest leap this season. And my answer is going to be Darius Baisley, and here's why. I think that with Shea, we already know that he's going to be a number two guy, maybe a really good number three guy on a contending team. With Darius Baisley, we're unsure what he is. Again, contributor, building block. Top of the line guy. What is Darius Basley? I think that the leap from this unknown commodity into a true building block and a true piece of a core in Oklahoma City will really be the biggest leap that's made rather than Shea, who will really just solidify himself as a number two option because we already kind of already think that about Shea. But I think that Basley will jump from unknown to number four, number three option on a contending team. And then number five, can one of the rookies prove that they're already a building block in the NBA? I'm going to say no. I think that both rookies will play very well this year, but I don't think that either of them will prove enough to be like, okay, you know what? It's amazing that Sam Presti got Poku and Tail Maldon. It's just incredible. I think they're going to have good rookie years. Again, I think that Tail Maldon will earn a rookie of the year vote this year, but building block it's a bit stronger than that. Building block is like, okay, they're untouchable. They're a part of this core. You build around them. I think that if either one of them has a better chance at doing it, it is Poku, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think that that number five, the answer to that is going to be the most polarizing take of this entire podcast. It's why I snuck in at the end, honestly, so that way no one can just send me 15 paragraphs about how I'm wrong on Twitter at Ryland underscore Stas. But let me know if I am wrong. Let me know if you think that these rookies can be really good this year at Ryland underscore Styles on Twitter. On tomorrow's show, we're going to preview the season opener against the Houston Rockets. We're going to do Oklahoma City Thunder superlatives. Also, don't forget, this is a daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder, so we're not stopping there. On Thursday's show, 
We're going to recap that Houston Rockets game. On Friday's show, we're going to preview the Hornets game, and then we'll be back on Saturday for a recap of that Hornets contest. So we're just getting started on Locked on Thunder. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.